hello everyone and welcome back to Crosswires V Technology Variety Show. That is such a mouthful every time I say that phrase, the Technology Variety Show. There we go. That covers all sorts of things, wired and wireless. And, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at my uh, Unify Network app and, and, you know, I am seeing a lot more connectivity than normal. Hang on a second. Jay... Yes, hello, hello. Uh, yes, yes. Jay is in the literally in the house. Jay, so if you see the squadcast, you'll see we aren't in the same room, and that's only because there's no way to do two separate tracks on squadcast without being on two different machines. Yeah, that I'm aware and of. And head what's lead. fun is I'm uh, James on this Mac, and I'm on my Steam Deck. So like Steam Decks are amazing Linux computers, I will say. Yeah, brilliant. But Jay, obviously we we've had a, a fun few days. Jay's here for a little bit um, to visit because uh, somebody's turning uh, the big four zeros on Friday. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You mentioned him on literally every form of media that you can. <laughs> Like, honestly. Anyway, Jake, look, we have guests, so we should probably introduce them. Now, returning to the show, to basically, if it's a networking episode, you can almost guarantee... Or an Apple event. Or an Apple event. You can almost guarantee that Alex is going to be here. Alex, how are you doing? I'm good, James. How are you doing? I am really good, you know. Um, I, I heard that you uh, you ventured up into uh, into my old neck of the woods. You were up in Yorkshire. You've returned safely, I assume, so... Yeah, I had a day trip up to Yorkshire to review a... Uh, modified Land Rover, so there'll be a video on my YouTube channel at some point. Uh, once I got that edited, but that was a good good time. My first my first time to the Yorkshire Moors, beautiful, Ooh, absolutely it is amazing, gorgeous. So, but you've yeah. returned without a flat cap or ferrets, so you were okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, Alex, you do a, a show, one of your many podcasts called UI Chat. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. It's a good. If you after a podcast, it's all about ubiquity and the world of networking. It's definitely a, a good show to check that out. Um, so yeah, and you don't do that alone. You've got a fantastic co-host who's very graciously agreed to join us today. So, um, Alex, since, since he's your co-host, do you want to introduce Evan? Yeah, so Evan's agreed to join us on the Crosswise podcast today. So it's sort of you got Crosswise and UI Chat sort of merged together today, which is quite quite nice. Uh, so welcome, Evan. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, I will say, uh, every time I hear the podcast name, I think it's user interface chat. <laughs> UI chat is actually it's a podcast about ubiquity. Um, <laughs> So yes, uh, me and Alex have done that for a couple months now, and I'm um, happy to be here. Uh, and you run, is it McCann Tech as well? Is that the... Yes. So the URL for my website is evanmccann.net. Um, my very creative branding for that is McCann Tech, because that's very original. Um, but yeah, so I, I write a lot about Ubiquity and uh, networking equipment there. And I have to give just a little bit of a, a shout out, because when it seems almost whenever there's a new access point or unified device... Evan just does these beautifully written, detailed reviews and analysis of, of those devices. Like the new, I mean, as we recall, this, the latest Unify device is the Unify Express, right? And the detail you went into on that was just fantastic. Oh, there we go. Evan's got one. Hang oh, my gosh. I am literally waiting for one because we had a, a uh, job that we, that we did, a Unify job, and one of the things we did with the... Um, Propers from that was we upgraded my network from an Eero to a Unify. I'm just waiting on it to come in from the the from a uni from Ubiquity now. Yeah, because I think we're all Unify powered on this episode, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I'm on it. In fact, I don't. Uh, yeah, you can. In fact, there you go. You can see it. There you go. Yep, I'm on the UDR. Yeah. Which yep, fun I, fact? I'm was, on the same UDR right now. <laughs> you're on a UDR as well. Yeah, that's true. You're on the same <laughs> UDR. Hmm? 
Um, yeah, uh, that's actually one Alex sold us. Which, yeah, right, very, that's right. Yeah. And I just want to say again that uh, UI chat has been one that's given me fun info. I'm actually binging all the episodes because now that I've started to learn Unify gear, it's been a fun going back and learning about all of the old stuff and like getting different perspectives and just again, great job always having a source for news because my YouTube recommendations <laughs> are all Unify <laughs> videos now. Well, we should should say, because Unify, has UI Insider been around for a while? No, it just recently started up again. Yeah, the UI Insider videos, they did them once a month for a long time. They stopped randomly a while back, and then they just started, they released one called November, right at the very, very end of November, or the very start of December. It's just sort of like a, a very brief marketing overview of what they've done. So it's nowhere near as deep as UI chat would get onto the actual sort of what real world experiences and yeah when we when I started the show I started it with Willie initially um it I was never sure on whether there'd be enough news every month um and every month it proves us wrong the show notes I'd give a, a shout out to Evan Evan does an impeccable job helping me with, with the show notes every month I put some stuff in there I go back the next day and it's like twice the size so <laughs> it's a good collaborative effort for that one but um every month there's way more stuff than we can we can talk about so it's uh if you're interested in that sort of thing definitely check out the show but um we go we talk about stuff for ages i think the last episode was just over an hour and 15 minutes or something stupid like that so <laughs> one thing about about uh unify and, and ubiquity gear is it's a little i'd say overwhelming and a little bit something's hard to hard to figure out like what is different about this one versus that one? What's the best way? Because I know, Evan, you have a extensive spreadsheet of like different comparisons of different things. And I think from a, cons- a consumer standpoint, for enterprise, it makes sense. I mean, there's always different options. But from a consumer, it is definitely a more confusing thing. It's one of the reasons why I didn't go with, with Unify Ubiquity Gear for a long time was I didn't think it was for me. And now that I'm looking back, I'm like, I could have been with Unify for a lot longer but i i wonder do you think ubiquity is going for a for both the enterprise and the consumer level now uh definitely and that's uh, that's why i'm glad that they're doing those ui insider videos yeah like alex said they they did those for a while i think this summer and then they stopped but um those are a nice little source of information to kind of give you kind of a quick little recap of what they've been doing recently but yeah it's it's very overwhelming very confusing this this year in particular has been very busy with like new products, new software, and they love to rebrand things a lot. So you might find like I have articles that are a year or two old and they have like the old terminology. So it's like you might go to their website and not see that same product or, you know, might not see it described the same way. So it, it's very, it, it can be very intimidating to get into. Um, but like once you have the product, like you have the UDR there. Once you kind of start using it, it's pretty intuitive. Um, it's just kind of like from a research standpoint or, or when you're trying to get into it, it's it's like, I, I don't know what parts I need. I don't know which products go with which or, or you know, how to get started. But that's what, you know, we try to do with UI chat and all the YouTube videos that, that are out there try to do. And I've got to ask you a question here, Evan. When you're doing these comparisons, how annoyed do your family get that you're constantly changing out access points and routers? Or is it, or are you are you a sensible tech tech person and you have it on your on its own thing that doesn't disrupt the family Wi-Fi? <laughs> I try to keep my maintenance windows to uh, you know weekends and, and times when it won't be super disruptive. But yeah, there there have been times when 
I get the angry knock on the door of, Hey, why isn't the internet working? What's going on? Um, but yeah, that, that's part of, that's part of it. I was watching a Mac telecoms network thing and he goes up to his, his mom's house. I'm like, so your mom is getting all this gear. And I mean, I'm going to guess she gets her, her internet network infrastructure changed out every single month. And she's like, Cody, how do I use this? Well, that's, I mean, the thing is, well, if you, that's kind of one of the beauties. I, we should probably jump back a little bit and get, because we are saying, we're saying some of the things that we love about Unify, some of the things we find confusing. We probably, for people jumping in at this point, thinking, oh, you know, what is Unify? So I think let's just do a very quick overview now, because Alex made a really good point pre-show that people assume that Unify is the name of a company not the product line. So, Alex, can you give us, and, and Evan, obviously, interche- interchangeably as you want to, give us a bit of a high level, what on earth is Unify? So the, I think the reason that people get the two confused is because Unify is, such, it, Unify is essentially the Ubiquiti's iPhone. Uh, it's sort of their halo product, their um, thing that's made them famous in the more consumer-grade stuff. Um, but Ubiquiti dates back to 2006, Um and they've been doing stuff for the Wisp industry for a very long time. So that's wireless internet, uh, wireless internet service providers, um, fixed wireless, that sort of thing. So they've they've got a very very broad product line, and Unify is just one of those parts. Um, as I mentioned, Unify is essentially a product line. So again, like Apple, Apple is the company, iPhone is the product, Ubiquiti is the company, and then Unify is the the product line. Um, but I, yeah, the reason I mentioned it is I think I see loads of YouTube videos out there which. Um, they just say, oh, this new Unify thing, or uni- or they refer to Unify as the, or like, uh, I think Tom Lawrence sometimes does it. It says, oh, Unify has done this, or that, those sort of things, if you know what I mean. But yeah, I, th- I think it's simply because it's either, it, it's such a, point, a poignant product for them. It's very, very uh, popular for them. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's main, the main reason. Yeah, and Ubiquity, the company, like Alex mentioned, it they really got their start with, you know, wireless internet service providers like outdoor radios for for long distance wireless networks, and then Unify was kind of started as a side project of that, and then it's gotten to the point where Unify is basically ninety percent of the company revenue wise. So now people kind of don't even think about Ubiquity; they think of Unify because um, Unify isn't just networking. Unify is also Unify Protect for their security cameras, Unify Access for their door locks. They have so many other parts that make up Unify beyond just the the network. Um, so now it's, it's almost like Unify is a bigger brand name than Ubiquity itself. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's a lot of things. And, that, and that's why people kind of um, assume that's the company name because it's just such a big part of what they do. I, I will admit, I, I, I think I'm guilty of this. When we were doing our last job, um, me, Jay, and Zach were doing our last job, we didn't once mention Ubiquity. We we told the clients this is Unify gear, which it is, but not once did we say the word Ubiquity. Because mm. that was a protect, that was a network protect and talk install all at the same time. It's yep. not finished yet because, you know, clients like to delay doing the little bits of work that they're meant to do. You know, <laughs> don't you just love clients? Um, yeah. But it's like, and, like go on. I think one of the things that kind of, uh, set me off from doing Unify stuff for a long time was I remember like listening to Mark talk about how he had to like get a, a, a computer with Ethernet or he had to like do a flash drive or he had to do all this complex things to get it up and running. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid of like breaking it because I've bricked DD. I have 
bricked Lynx's routers before. I've bricked Netgear routers before, and I'm, and I'm like, <laughs> so I so that Jay is a really good point because so just for reference for those who don't know who Jay's talking about, because I think and I'm guilty of this. I will say the name Marco or say like Casey or Merlin or you know maybe even sometimes Alex, and people won't know who on earth I'm talking about. But Marco Arment, who is. Uh, one of our co-hosts of uh, ATP. He's also the uh, developer behind Overcast and various other apps. I think he used to work at Insta. And he also is one of the founders of Instapaper and yes, Tumblr. That's right. Yeah. Huh. So really good guy. But I think, Evan and Alex, what Marco experienced is trying to either self-host the network controller or use one of the old cloud keys. Now, that's somewhat of a, um, I say it's somewhat irrelevant now, but it's a lot easier, isn't it? Because we, Unify needs some form of controller to to work. You, I mean, or am I wrong? Because I think let me let me get that's I, correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you can run some. No, you can't run most stuff in standalone mode, can you? Well, you can. Yeah, right. but we can we can get into that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Yeah. So can can you so the controller? Because obviously there's, what, effectively, um, for all intents and purposes, there's f- probably four, way, four ways, I would say, to do a unified controller. You've got the ones that are baked into the console itself. So a UDR, Unified Dream Router, Unified Express, BUDM, uh, BUDM Pros. Mm-hmm. You've then got um, the dedicated cloud keys, and I think... Is it? Have we got the three on the market at the moment? We've got the yeah. There's the Cloud Key Gen Two, the Gen Two Plus, and then the Enterprise. That's right. And then you've got you've then got self-hosted, which you can run on a Raspberry Pi or a mm-hmm. True NAS box. And then you've got cloud-based controllers like I don't know Unify. I've done one, but it's meh. I mean, you've got amazing things like Hostify. Look at Alex's face, just like yeah. Come on, well done. Yeah, I actually. <laughs> I actually was looking at Hostify because that would be really, really cool to have. So, but I mean, does that, does that effectively sum up the ways you can run a Unify controller right now? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and yeah, to be clear, I mean, there's Unify hardware, like you mentioned, the Dream Router, Dream Machine. There's the access points, the switches. Um, and then, yeah, there's also the software that runs it. So, yeah, you're talking about all those options. Um, Besides, you know, like a very small use case, like if you have an access point or two, you can just use the mobile app in standalone mode. Um, but if you want a full Unify network, and especially once you start getting into like Unify Protect for video cameras or Unify Talk, um, yeah, you pretty much want to have a controller and it's it's one of those four options you just mentioned. And, and that's, a, a, I think, the big thing. Where we say, for example, if you've got, okay, use a prime example, not all of my network, unfortunately, is Unify. Two of my switches or TP-Link. Now, they're, they're smart switches, but nice enough switches. But to configure them, I have to go to each one individually and go to the web interface. Traditionally, that's what you'd have to do with, you know, APs or things like Cisco. You'd have to be looking at maybe command line stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that what sets Unify apart? The, the really nice software-defined controller that really does... I mean, from my point of view, I've tried to configure other network environments, and I'm sure you both have as well. Do you think that's what sets Unify apart, how easy it is to configure multiple devices? Yeah, so um, so Unify's been around since 2013, um, and I think I'm right in saying that probably one of the very first, if not like a very early 
iteration of what you call SDN, so software defined networking. Mm. Uh, you are right. So, um, just yeah. So networking hardware typically before that you'd have to log in. Well, it's still still as right. It's got the both both sides of the coin have got their uses. Um, so you have to log into every device manually. The software each device runs its own software in a GUI and well maybe not sometimes. Um, but with where Unify is different is that. Every device you've got, every little device that makes up part of the unified puzzle, so you've got APs, switches, routers, They've to manage them day-to-day and set all the settings on them, each device does not have its own GUI. So if you go into a web browser and type in the IP address, you're not going to get anything at all apart from UXG, which just says, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm working. Um, so you have to go into one pane of glass, and there are some people that don't like that. They like to be able to log into each device and configure it manually that sort of thing but when you've got a massive deployment logging into one server one one thing and setting all the vlans you want manually because the latest version unify which we can talk about a bit has made vlans so much easier mm-hmm. um so yeah it's just one central place to log into it to manage everything and that could be like with hostify you can manage countless sites that could be one in australia one in america one in london so you could have all around the world and manage manage all the all the different sites so that is essentially what sets Ubiquiti apart and obviously since then other competitors have come on you've got Amada, TP-Link you've got Cisco Meraki which have been doing that sort of thing for a long time so it's I think they have set the market towards that that way because it is it is nice to manage so yeah and remote management because so remote management is so powerful because the control is still running so say for example this UDR it's still running locally but because it's connected to my Unify account I can access it remotely without any open ports, right? That's correct, yeah. And what's what makes that really nice is the fact that a lot of hardware now, and cameras as well, which is, makes me feel a bit icky, re- relies on the cloud. Everything you're doing has to go via a cloud server. Um, and uh, yeah, and you have to open ports and do weird, shady stuff. Where you book to is different, and they, they are, to my knowledge, one of the ones that does it the best um, is you don't have to open any ports. It also works behind NAT as well. And yes, there is a cloud server. So when you book to have an outage, their AWS servers go down. You will not be able to log into your stuff remotely anymore. But what the cloud is doing is doing so the the device, the cloud key, the router thing, will reach out to the cloud and say, um, James wants to log in from his phone in in London, whatever. And you can it will negotiate the connection, give each give each party the give each give each device the information, and then it will route you directly over the internet. Um, so it will connect you directly and that again works over 4g it works over starlink um, oh, yeah. so that's your data it, specifically the cameras which is the most important bit is not going over the the cloud which is really really good yeah because like one of my uh our, one of our last clients used cloud cameras and that was both in an internet bandwidth cost but also just yeah it was slow to access stuff and it's interesting like my my current apartment until I change is Eero. I can only be accessed on a app. And what's interesting is when your internet goes down, you can't access, even if you're on the local network, you can't access that interface. If, if there's no connection to, to the cloud servers, whereas with Unify, what's interesting is you can access it. And even if, if, if you have no internet connection, we were, our, our internet was down at our client's, and we were still able to access the console locally. And I just, you can import and export. It's a really nice way to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. To, and I, I'm also impressed at the configuration that like you can m- migrate configuration, even the new shadow 
mode. Oh, shadow really mode. Cool is that, that even like, out? A... Is shadow mode out yet? I think it's launched. Yes. Yeah, oh, it has. Yeah, okay. There yeah. There you go. It came out in Unify OS 3.2.7. I believe it just launched, I think, like last week, yeah. but it was in beta for a while. And for those who don't know, that is where you can have another um, another device set up to copy the, the, the configuration from one device to the other one. There's still a manual changeover. You have to change over the, the WAN port from one to the other, but you can basically have a backup ready to go in case your one device fails. You can immediately have your, your configuration on another device and everything is back up and running. And it is because that's that's um, failover, that's redundancy. Do you do you would in an enterprise environment though? Would you have to swap the line cable? Would line cable? Would you just have two outputs from? I'm just curious how that would work in enterprise because you could imagine the downtime that that would cause having to go and flip a cable over. Yeah, you could have um, basically like a switch in front. So if you have one or two internet providers, you have a switch to kind of distribute those connections. Right. And then, yeah, you could have, you know, two going into each, um, you know, unified dream machine or whatever you have there. So let's talk a little bit about then, because Jay's just brought up an excellent point, because there's been stuff that you, because again, as we mentioned, there's the software members for hardware now the routing side and if you go back to our i think alex was this our episode we did about consumer wi-fi with yourself when we talked about why how you consumer grade wi-fi router is far more than just an access point it is i believe so yeah yeah i think at this point i've recorded so many podcasts i can't remember where where i've talked about it (laughs) exactly (laughs) Exactly. But the point is, so the routing side, the taking your internet connection and routing it out to your network, shall we just be honest, up until I'd say, for, what, the last year maybe, Ubiquiti's routing offering has maybe fallen short of things like PFSense. Oh, it's it's always been. Yeah. Um, Unify started as switches and, and access points. I think the access points came out first and switches were shortly thereafter. Um, and then they had the Unify Security Gateway, the USG and the USG Pro. They were 2014, 2016, somewhere around there. And they were they were slow when they came out and pretty limited feature-wise. Um, but that was their dedicated, you know, router, mm. like plug into the internet, distribute your network um, option. And yeah, their, their features for routing have always been pretty simple, um, especially for VPNs and... and like for me as a network engineer, when I look at the features they support, um, it's pretty good for a home, pretty good for a small business. For where I work, obviously, it's you know it doesn't have anywhere near the features that we would need to run our our business network. And they've gotten they've put in a lot of effort and development time into the hardware, so they have a lot more hardware options. Um, but more more importantly, I think this year was a big focus. They definitely spent a lot of time expanding their VPN options. Um, they have the new traffic rules and traffic route system. They put a lot of effort, you know, behind that to improve that. And it's, it's both easy to use and a lot more powerful than it used to be. But it's still, even now with all of those things, um, and a bunch that I didn't mention, PFSense, OpenSense, um, you know, any sort of quote unquote real, like I think of them as real firewalls or real routers. Um, they just have so many more features, and Unify definitely focuses more on the easy to use rather than every feature. Right. Okay. 
and and of course they you know Unify's you know network stuff plays nicely with because a VLAN is a VLAN, right? So if you're needing to put VLANs out across switches or uh, access points, they are just as long as you get Nova VLAN numbers from your VLAN ID, sorry, from your PF Sense box, it will work fine. But it is interesting because, so for example, like Dual One wasn't a thing on on most ubiquity routing gear, Unify routing gear until fairly recently? Uh, no. So they're on the old, the USG and USG Pro, they they had dual WAN for a long time. Okay. Um, they had a very simple, like, hey, if your internet goes out, switch over, right. or hey, split it 50-50 between these two mm. connections. Um, they took a long time to get those features on the newer products, and it's still very simple. Um, like, if you have multiple public IPs or you want to do advanced custom things, Unify probably isn't the best choice, but it does do dual WAN failover, all that okay. by the right hardware. So again, small business, home, the, the you know, the, uh, the gateway devices there. So again, the UDR, the UDM, um, the Unify Express, and even the Dreamwall are, are okay. But again, if you want something more powerful, if you've got a lot of complex stuff that you want for your firewall, maybe look elsewhere. Again, I mean, I'm a big fan of PFSense. I ran PFSense on an old Dell computer for ages before I got, you know, got a UDR or got anything proper. And I think one of the things that still surprised me on on one aspect of uh, Ubiquity is the lack of a charge for like accessing the services, the cloud stuff. Because again, my Eero. A lot of things were on the router, and then over time they locked more things behind Eero Plus and Eero Secure. And like we were looking at options, and when we looked at things like like some of the uh, Cisco Meraki stuff, looking at the huge licensing fees, and I'm I'm still kind of shocked. Being like, I mean, we don't have to pay anything other than if we did like Unify Talk installation, we'd have to pay for that. So it just surprises me that a lot of this stuff is. Not behind a subscription. So, so you're talking about licensing costs for the hardware, which, I mean, that some was at least somewhat unheard of, right? Licensing was a big thing, particularly Cisco would love to license their hardware for support and updates, right? I could talk about Cisco licenses for a long time, but nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> but yeah, like going back slightly to like what sets Unify apart, it's definitely what you just mentioned. It's the lack of license fees. So you just buy the hardware. You don't have to pay every year for, you know, support. Um, the downside of that is sometimes you don't get support. Um, well, you say that, but there, what, so this happened, what, in the last month or so, professional support came along. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a hundred dollars a month, which you made a good point in a enterprise setting. And you, if you didn't have an onsite sports person, a hundred dollars a month is a write-off. I mean, in an enterprise setting not in the small business yep now that leads me to a quick question man because obviously when you because I, I can i just I, as everybody else loved the unifies recent ad campaign with um, <laughs> jack quaid i yeah. didn't i didn't actually i, I recognize him i didn't know how i actually know who it was so yeah <laughs> i just want to see a lower decks crossover yes where they're adding unify to, to the cerritos yes yes, yes. Uh, actually, you know what, Unify, there we go. Someone tell Unify, we want a Lower Decks Unify episode. That would be amazing. Boimler, why did you take down the cloud console again? I'm sorry, I was just trying to update stuff. 
But joking aside about Lower Deck, so we should explain Jack Quaid, who is the Unify guy in the videos, uh, is uh, does is a brilliant actor. He, but for Star Trek fans, he is Bradford Boimler in Lower Decks. He's also, I mean, he's just a brilliant actor. He's in The Boys. I think he's in other stuff as well. All right. Um, he's wonderful. But those ads, do you, do you think they showcase? The, the real difference with ubiquity that it really is hey even our site what is it site magic the new i mean which i haven't tried yet because i don't own multiple unified devices but we will be doing this when jay gets her express if you are if you have an account that owns a bunch of uh unify uh, does it have to be gateways i guess it does doesn't it yeah so it's i think it's i think it's it works for the UXG Pro, but it has to be adopted to either a cloud key or a cloud console. Unfortunately, we think we spoke about it on UI chat. It doesn't work with Hostify. It doesn't work with self-hosted because there's some sort of UI account magic going on behind the scenes, which makes um, sense. Unfortunately, yeah, because yeah. that's, that's a shame. But uh, the idea is that you can, without with like a couple of clicks, create VPNs between all your unified devices. And the joke we are making, of course, is, you know, all the different sites arguing about which subnets we're on and, you know, <laughs> everything. I just love that ad. But, but so, do you think, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. Is anybody else getting a Mac versus PC vibe? Yeah, I yeah. was, with the white background of and all that, it really felt like the old, those old commercials. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the founder of Ubiquity, Robert Para. Um, this is just a bit of behind the scenes. He started at Apple. He worked for them when they were making the airports. Oh, wow. So like the airport express. Um, yeah. So he was there in like the early two thousands and he left it, I think in 2005 or so to start ubiquity. So oh. he has Apple DNA in him. And then you can very clearly see the influence in the packaging, the products, the white plastic. And now those, those ads. Yeah. Definitely very Mac versus PC like. And I, yeah, they're 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 great. I'm glad that you bring up the the airport because I, I was, that's something that I'm pretty impressed at. The apps like the Wi-Fi Man and the Unify apps remind me a lot of the airport utilities. And again, the one thing that I like over over airport is that you can access it from a web interface. But it's cool too that you can now access it on your phone and you can do all that you need to. I mean, there's very little that you can't do mm-hmm. on your phone, relatively speaking. Yeah, I mean, that is true. I mean, we don't, <laughs> the one thing that annoys, frustrates me is we do not yet have a soft phone for Unified Talk, but maybe this year? Maybe? I mean, we're, we're nearly at the end of this year, so maybe not. It was surprising me that how the Unified Talk phones look so much like an iPhone. I'm just like, wow. I know they're running Android, but it's just really <laughs> quite interesting. Like, this is an iPhone. And when I was telling the client, it was like, hey, it's just like an iPhone. It made it easy for them. <laughs> but yeah, no, they 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 are beautiful. I mean, we've got so much we can unpack. So, because the networking side, let let's let's just quickly talk. Because the network app has just had a huge upgrade. Because the idea is that each part, so you've got the firmware on the devices, you've got the Unify OS itself, which is like the top layer that manages all the apps that run on. So, the Unify OS, for example, runs on the cloud key. It runs on the UDR, but Unify Network is the bit that controls all the, the, the Wi-Fi config, the network config. Um, and Alex, VLANs, they're a tricky thing to maybe non-techies. I mean, you're both network engineers, so you probably understand them far better than we do anyway. 
But Unify's implementation wasn't exactly network engineer friendly, was it? No, so I learned VLANs at my old job at Wisp, and thankfully I, I was thrown at the deep end and sort of over a matter of weeks on things, I'd shown exactly how they work, and, and obviously it sort of sticks with you. How VLANs are typically managed on, I say, proper networking gear, <laughs> just in quotes like Cisco stuff and edge routers. There's a there's a particular way that VLANs are done. It's typically like a grid, and you you have three different states for a VLAN. You have E, T, and U. So you have untagged, which is the native VLAN, is what it's called, a tag VLAN, and then you have the excluded, which is just saying no VLAN on this port. Um, up until eight zero seven unified network. Unify has always managed VLANs in a very weird way. I remember back when I got started using net- Unify networking, I was getting started uh, trying to do VLANs on Unify. I was thinking, this is very weird, and I had to watch a Chris Sherwood video probably five times to work out, ah, that's how it. That's how it's done. You have to create these profiles and do weird things, and it takes ages. Thankfully, um, with the new version Unify, they are probably 95% the way to making it exactly like an edge switch but at a, at a glance you get the grid and you can see there's different colors for tagged and untagged so at a glance without having to spend your whole day clicking on different things you can see where vlans are being processed or being passed through the network if that makes sense not quite the very simple three clicks to change vlan state for each port but it's it's very good nonetheless and of course, something we realised, Alex, and I think you already knew about, but I didn't, is that not all Unify switches fully support VLAN tagging as they we would <laughs> one would have hoped. Fair warning, people: the Flex Mini does not support VLAN tagging that well, um, which has caused caused us a little bit of a problem. Alex, what can, or Evan? Can you explain? The Flex Mini is a gorgeous little switch. What is how is it twenty twenty five dollars still? I think it's twenty nine dollars. Twenty nine dollars. I know it's twenty nine pounds, but I think it might be. Anyway, it's a sub thirty pounds, sub thirty dollar, five port, gigabit managed, PoE powered or USB C powered switch. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It really is. But what? Why can't it do? So basically, I think what we were trying to do is make it so that we could have some ports tagged, right? I think that was what we were trying... I can't quite remember what we were trying to do with it. It was something weird. Yeah, it was something weird we were trying to do. I can't remember now. <clears throat> yeah, but it can't, it can't do it. It can't handle tagged, v, tagged VLAN management properly on on the ports. Is, it, is, um, is that a hardware limitation, then, on that particular device? Yes. So, of, of the 30 or so Unify switches, the Flex Mini is the smallest, and it has the most asterisks on like what it supports. So like out of the box, you can kind of use it as a dumb unmanaged switch, like a you know $20 TP link that you buy at a big box store, where it's just every port you plug in is the same network. Um, the Flex Mini goes a little bit further. It does kind of support the basic, the basics of VLAN tagging. Um, there's weird specifics there, but there are a lot of features that aren't supported on the Flex Mini, um, like spanning tree. That's um, an important part of, you know, switches and, and VLANs and tagging and everything that we're talking about here. And it it makes sure that there's no loop in the network. So the Flex Mini doesn't support spanning tree. It doesn't support VLANs fully. Um, there's a couple other features that it doesn't have just because it's so small and, and so limited. Got you. But it is still, I mean, I think there are wonderful little switches for certain deployments. I mean, yeah. I, do you, I mean, do you know what? I used them for a bank, for a desk bank switch. 
if that makes sense. So where you've already segmented your VLAN at the core switch or the the, the distribution yeah. switch. And then Yeah, I, I think of them at like sitting under a TV or like in an entertainment area. Like it, it's it's just kind of like I think of them as like port multipliers. If you just have one cable and you need it to be three or four, that's a perfect thing. You wouldn't want to run your entire network through that thing. It's it's more of like a at the very edge of your network, you just need a couple of spare ports. Absolutely. And I mean Jay's getting two flex minis, but we're talking a very sp- small apartment. Yeah. Where again, they literally are just to extend the, the to port multiply more than anything else. So the the one aspect that I'm looking forward to is being able to say, hey, give this device more priority because sometimes it will give them because I have currently dumb switches and sometimes it will give one of them more priority than the other because it just doesn't know wh- where you want the the. Be- because they're dumb. Yeah, exactly. because they have yeah. no clue. And, and I'm looking forward to being able to be <laughs> no like, clue I want this did. to go here, I want that to go there. And what was actually pretty cool is seeing like all the things that like James has done, like like segmenting off different ports for like one for like this going only this device can access this VLAN, and like seeing that like we can close off ports at at a client. It just really int- intrigues me. Again, my management is so cool now. Evan just made a really good point, which I had forgot about, which is you the, the ever-increasing line of Unify switches. It's not exactly easy to choose a Unify switch right now, is it? No. They did just make it better, I will say. Um, I, won't, I won't defend the glut of models, um, but they did in their, you know, their constant effort to rebrand everything, they did make things a bit more clear. So if you go to the store page, they have those categories. So they have like utility, standard, professional, enterprise. So at least they're kind of grouped and they do have some filters. If you say, hey, I, I need 24 ports, what kind of switch can I get? But yes, choosing between, hey, do I want professional? Do I want enterprise? What does that give me? What do I need? It Yes, it's it, it can be a bit overwhelming. And and it's, it's you know it's down to things that might seem simple, uh, but are important depending on what else you want to put on your network. If you want to put devices that need PoE plus plus, which I think is something like the Unify Flex switch. The Unify Flex switch is quite a nice switch. It can be powered by any type of PoE really, but it but but um, depending on what you power with depends on the PoE budget for the devices you connect to it. So it, it, can, it can accept BT, which is plus plus at a maximum. Um. But yeah, it, yeah. Mainly, the difference between the switches at the moment is either the speed of the Ethernet port, so the one gig or two point five gig, how many uplink or downlink SFP ports you have, then the, also the PoE budget, I think, as well. Um, it's basically the main difference between the big boy switches, anyway. So, and then something we probably should quickly talk about in the hardware side, because. I'm seeing a lot of stuff on TikTok at the moment. Well, not on t- I don't watch TikTok, but YouTube Shorts. Just got my Evo 7. It's amazing. Wi-Fi 7 is the only thing you should buy. Can someone please debunk this? Because most, <laughs> because most of Unify's networking gear, including the UDR, including the Unify Express, which we absolutely need to talk about, is Wi-Fi 6 at least. There's very little in the Unify range at 6E. Does it matter? Is this is seriously help us debunk this? I I did a podcast with Bradley Chambers from Nine to Five Mac as as a guest of guest of his, but as from host of Five Mac Sense. One of his questions on that show was 
Wi-Fi 7, essentially. Um, and the the long story short is, um, history is re- will, will have will repeat itself. Um, so for context, Wi-Fi 7 from the Wi-Fi Alliance as an official ratified standard has not yet been officially signed off. Oh. Um, so if we look back to 2013, um, Wi-Fi AC, sorry, 2.11 AC or Wi-Fi 5 as, as we call it now, um, there was stuff coming out at the time. Um, there was devices and routers and things that came out. That I think famously the airport extreme. Yes. That came out yes. before Wi-Fi sorry before ac was signed off um and you there was some features i can't remember it's deep deep in my brain somewhere but there's some features that came later that those devices never ever supported and we'll find that with wi-fi 7 i can't again off the top of my head i can't remember all the improvements and all the stuff that goes with that with with wi-fi 7 um but yeah i would personally i would hold off buying anything that hasn't officially been signed off there is some FCC leaks of Unify Wi-Fi 7 gear out there. Um, I've seen recently, so um, they're obviously looking into it. But I would be very surprised if they bring out bring anything into market that hasn't officially been signed off yet by the Wi-Fi Alliance. So, and of course, none of you know that multi-gigabit Wi-Fi doesn't matter if your internet connection, because most <laughs> people will think. And again, it's something we talked about on on the episode we did. This conflation that your internet speed, so your yeah, your Wi-Fi <laughs> speed equates to your internet speed. Yeah, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> That's so. my pet peeve. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, even broader than that. I mean, there, I, I could go. I mean, Alex kind of covered it, but yeah, there, there's, there's some reservations about adopting Wi-Fi seven specifically early and how the Wi-Fi standards work and all that. Um, but even broader than that, it's just kind of like a classic early adopter problem for any technology. Like if you bought an electric car 10 years ago, it was way more expensive, way shorter range. Uh, you know, all, all kinds of problems come with being the first one there. So Wi-Fi 7 is there right now. It's in the early adapter phase where there, you know, TP-Link has equipment, Eero. I, I have a Mac 7 up, up there. But um, yeah, that, that stuff is, it's, it's hideously expensive because only, you know, only the most expensive parts. Um, so you're paying a lot and getting a very little benefit right now. Next year, two, three, four years from now, probably Wi-Fi 7 will become that default where, yeah, if you're looking for new equipment, look for Wi-Fi 7 the way Wi-Fi 6 is now. I think one thing that we need to look at is the fact that, of how much Wi-Fi has improved. I mean, for the most part, we don't think about Wi-Fi in the same regard at least on a consumer level. I mean, think about think about how slow Wi-Fi used to be and how like it was always a plug into Ethernet. Now it's like only if you're doing like some of the stuff like podcasting or streaming and stuff like that where you need that oh, stable. Or connection. if you're on an M2 Mac Mini or a, yeah, any form of yeah. Apple M2 chip right now. Is that why my Wi-Fi was was not working on the Bournemouth M2 busless? <laughs> Very funny. Um, that's a very terrible inside joke. Um, yeah, just a quick aside, folks. Um, Alex knows about this. Um, Alex, I actually came back and tested it on the UDR. Exact same problem. So oh, right. the M2, it seems like there might be a Wi-Fi issue on M2-based Macs. Um, because Are we about to do some live troubleshooting here? Well, maybe after the show. Um, but no, but I mean, basically, I mean, unless you guys have a, of a solution, basically... I connect to it absolutely fine on a, this M2 Mac Mini connects fine as in you know it will authenticate, but then the ping times are into the thousands of milliseconds. 
Whereas on mm. Ethernet, it's absolutely fine. But every other device is fine. Like literally, the Steam Deck with Jay's on. Actually, I mean, she's hardwired, but everything else is fine. I'm the same with my parents on a Wi-Fi five bunch of decos. So in the end, I tried to move one of the decos up to the room I was in and do a wireless bridge over the mesh, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, and, and now what you're going to do is uh, take a long Ethernet cord. I'm, that literally taking, I'm taking a long, I'm taking a long Ethernet cord up to my parents' this next time. But anyway, that by the side. I think that's, I think that's an interesting uh, tangent, by the way. I just, not tangent, a good segue. So one of the things that, that I think is changing the game, and I, we've talked about it a little bit, but, I just got confirmation from Ubiquity that it actually was delivered. They never sent me the up. So um, when they get back, I'm going to have a Unify Express. I think Unify Express, I was looking at a UDR because uh, James's UDR is amazing and I've been tempted by it. But for my setup, I'm the only person in my apartment, whereas here, there's two of us. The Unify Express, when we saw that for 150 bucks is a pretty cool thing. I think it has its limitations. I, well, I, let, well, let's talk about that. Let's let's yeah. actually. So, look, Unify Express. Okay, let's start with what it is, Alex. This is possibly the. I mean, look, so Evan's got one. Let me hang on. Let me take another squad shot. Evan, <laughs> well, Evan, I cannot wait to get my hands on that. Not yours, but mine. There you go. Oh, I hate the countdown here. Sorry, Evan. Give I us know, a second. Because I, I don't do video. There you go. That's perfect. That's beautiful. Right. That's Vanna White. There you go. So. <laughs> This is possibly, I mean, you said this is, correct me if I'm wrong, this is, is it, it's smaller than the, US, uh, the USG, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, so we've got, I've got a USG here and a UXG. They're, they're smaller than they're tiny. Smaller than each other. It's um, tiny. Yeah, and then the Unify Express is, if not exactly the same size as the UXG, so you just got that little screen on the front. Um, and it is, the, the Unify Express goes in that category of devices. There we go, we've got the lovely model today. Um Unify Express goes in that category of devices where it's a it's a cloud console. Um, so what that means is it like the UDI, it runs Unify OS. It's a gateway, um, and it um, either has well, depending on what device you get, it has Wi-Fi built in as well. So um, where the Unify Express is a bit different, it is the first cloud console that can be. Well, Unify OS console used to be called just for reference, and they keep renaming stuff as Evan mentioned. It's quite infuriating. <laughs> um, it's the first cloud console that can be have, have its identity changed. Essentially, you can have it uh, an AP as a standalone access point on a table or something. It's like the replacement for um, like a Flex HD sort of. Oh thing. yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you can have it on the desk if you want it, um, and have it powered by USB C. Doesn't have PoE. Uh, that's one thing that's missing from it, which isn't a massive issue, I don't think. Yeah, you can adopt it to another controller, just have it an access point, or you can run it as a, a OS console or cloud console, that sort of thing. So for a, an apartment like Jay's, where you've got a few devices, um, a few client devices, it's it's absolutely perfect for that sort of thing. Yeah, because like I'm planning to replace my URL and then um, have a Flex Mini on one side and the other side of, of my apartment yep. I ha- and pretty much run all that stuff off because it has a limit of, am I right, five devices in addition to the Unify Express? Four, isn't it? Is it four? It's five minus one. Uh, it has to manage itself. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. It, it can adopt up to four other switches, APs, other Unify Express, five total, including the, the original. Yeah. It, it, and it can support uh, quite a few clients. It just can't support, yeah, managing. And that's why I like, and I think one of the other things I was reading was that 
if you were going to be meshing on Wi-Fi, the speeds might be a little slower because it does not have a dedicated wireless backhaul. But don't, I don't think any sorry to no. uh, do any ubiquities have a dedicated wireless backhaul channel. No, no, no. Brands like Netgear Orbi they they dedicate one of their radios to communication between your two mesh nodes. Mm-hmm. Um, all ubiquity APs besides the the U6 Enterprise, which has three, it has a 2.4, five, and a six. Um, but every other AP they make is dual band, and and they don't do the thing where you dedicate a radio to backhaul. It just kind of switches between duty because their whole thing is in an ideal world you are going to run their stuff as wired backhaul right but poe and now is this the is this the first unify access point that cannot be poe powered no if you go if you count the beacon hd um that was that covers a standard us outlet that portrait thing and then just slots over that nicely um i think Think other than that, everything else has been PoE. The, well, the U six and um, the U six extender is the Wi Fi six version. Oh, yeah, of, of course. The yeah. yeah, those two. Um, for the most part, everything else is you know plug an Ethernet cable, give it power. Now, Chris Sherwood did make a really good point, and I, I it's not. I've done this with other equipment, but you could technically you uh, uh, PoE power it. Yeah, if you've yeah. got a split of, if you get a little, yeah, yeah. Like a U, it, it's powered by USB C, so you could get one of those little splitters like he showed, and that's kind of a clever way to get around that. There is one caveat to that: be careful, because I've seen this. In my case, it doesn't matter because Ethernet ports on the two devices that I use this for are 100 megabits, but some of those splitters will drop down to 100 megabits on the data side. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna do a video on this. And I'm still gonna do it. But the ubiquity make a little capsule thing which converts AF into USB. The UXG requires the UXG the UXG does. I'm not sure what the Unifex special card is, but it requires five volts, three amps. That's the same those, on the yeah, it's the same yeah. on the yeah. And those little those little um uh, adapter things do two amps. But I have noticed that the wattage usage of the i think because of the wi-fi access point thing of the express the wattage max wattage of the uxg light is a lot lower than the express so you might be okay but um but USB-C yeah. so you pardon my phrase ubiquitous oh i approve as your fiance i, I approve see I, well, as, as a chief pun officer of cross wires right you know it, and a few and a few like other things about the express it can only run one Unify application because yep. like the UDR can run two or three, two. So, and um, the UDM can like run three because like we, we have one running. more than to- How, What's the Unify, what's the UDM Pro limited to? It's not free. It can run as many as you want. It can right. run oh. network, talk, protect, uh, access, inner space, that new thing they've got. And also UID as connect. well. Oh, connect, yeah. Connect. We're we're only using three J because because our client doesn't need. I mean, I'd love them to have access, but we're not. They're not going to let us do access anytime soon. That makes sense. Yeah. And and also, um, it does not have intrusion detection. But part of the caveat I was reading on is processing power, and this is a device that's that's going to give you the full um, output of of your of a gigabit connection. So. And and the the intrusion detection would bring that down. Whereas if you plug this in, you will get the full gigabit connection if you have it available. Yeah, yeah. Alex, so, can you, can you exp- because again, this is something that 
I'm experiencing my UDR. My UDR, I've got a, my inbound connection, which is down there, is a gigabit fiber. But the UDR, because I've got IDS and IPS on, it is maybe up to 600, 700. Can you explain what we're talking about? Again, for people who maybe don't understand, what do we mean by IDS, IPS, and why, why A, is it something you might want to consider turning on? Why maybe doesn't it matter that it's not present on the uh, Unified Express? Yeah, so uh, intrusion detection and pre- prevention, or um, protection, whatever, whatever the P stands for, sorry. Um, yeah, prevention. Um, IDS, IPS. Um, behind the scenes, that's a program called Suricata. That's a pretty well-known, I believe it's open source, um, you know, networking software. And what it does is, is it tries to inspect traffic, you know, coming in or going through your network um, for malware, you know, bad, basically bad traffic that will um, either is a sign that your device is infected or an attacker coming in. Um, what makes that a little bit more nuanced and complicated is most things are encrypted. So like when you go to a normal website and it's HTTPS, that S means it's secure, which means it's encrypted. Suricata doesn't look at that traffic or, or can kind of look at it in a very limited way. So yes, it does protect you um, for a typical home user doing typical internet stuff it's not really a hundred percent necessary. It's kind of an additional nice to have layer of security on top. The internet by secure is, is pretty, or the internet by default is pretty secure if you're, you know, using it properly um, where it becomes more worth it would be if you, if you have like a server in your home and, and you're exposing that to the internet, that's when those kind of features would be more relevant because you're wanting to assess what's coming in over that open port and that open connection into... Yes. So if you're allowing inbound traffic, you could have an intrusion that will be detected. Um, for you just accessing Netflix or your bank website, you know, that's outbound traffic. You're not allowing people in. Um, so yes, they chose to not just... They chose to just not include that with the Express because, frankly, the the CPU is so old and weak. It's, it's like a dual core arm a53 quite an old yeah it's quite an old chip yeah yeah so that's that was qualcomm's decision so qualcomm made the chip that ubiquity is putting in here and qualcomm gave it the wi-fi 6 radios qualcomm kind of put all of that package together and then kind of cut costs by just including only a dual core low power cpu and it's totally fine for gigabit routing totally fine for a couple vlans normal home use it's just it doesn't have the oomph for Suricata uh, for IDS IPS, which I believe they now have renamed to what suspicious activity. I think is yes. the setting. Yeah, yeah. So that they just chose not to include that because um, on the old USG and USG Pro they did include it. And when you turned it on, and same thing with a Dream Router that you have, when you turn it on, it limits your speed to whatever 600, 700 megabits, and people complain. So they could have included on this press and and you know knocked your speed down, and then people would complain. So I think they just they chose to not, yeah, chose to not include it. So then here's a genuine question, man. If I go and turn off suspicious activity on my dream router, should the dream router be able to route closer to gigabit? I'd be curious. I, I've heard different things. I I believe it should. Um, and it also matters it, if you're talking about like inter VLAN routing or out to the internet and back. Um, but yes, it's my, my understanding. It can do gigabit like 900, 930 megabits Which, per second. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to complain at my 600 odd megabits connection up and down though. No, you know, it's really nice, but especially as somebody with like 300, 500, 500 well, no, no, down. You, the and, thing is you've got the same downstream as I do. 
you're you're just on Dox's cable, and this is a big problem for a lot of streamers. They're on Dox's cable, so their upstream is really low. It's ridiculously um, asynchronous. That's why I want to give priority to my Mac using Unify well, and stuff like that. You can, so I don't think you can give priority, can you? But you can set speed limits on different devices, yeah. and yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. But uh, and I think. Um, also part of it is looking at the cost factor. Again, I'm not trying to fangirl on any of this stuff. I'm just trying to say, like, realistically, if you need some of the more advanced stuff, a UDR, at least last time I was checking was about 200. So $50 more gets you more stuff. But in a lot of cases, the express fits the need. Cause again, the UDR, UDR would, would be overkill for what I need. You're not going to be running. You run, you have, I mean, without the doxing, you have security cameras, but. We're not looking at you going Unified Protect. You're going uh, you're going um, HomeKit. I'm currently with deal. a proprietary system. You are. with HomeBridge. I'm. Just, I mean, I'll say that, but I'm going to be going HomeKit at some point with but those because you uh, and this is maybe where let me just check a message. Make sure it's nothing. Oh, I know what it is. Oh, uh, so this is maybe where we move away from the network stuff. Um, actually, before we do, Evan, you mentioned something on your analysis of the uh, Unified Express. Ubiquity's other home product, Amplify. Do we think Amplify is going to no longer be amplified? I, I mean, that's yeah, that's what I wrote, and that's kind of what I think. Um, so yeah, Ubiquity is the company. Unify is the product. They also have two different branches. They have UISP, which is their you know Wisp ISP um, kind of professional products, and then yeah, Amplify is kind of the forgotten stepchild that most people don't think of, but that's another line of Ubiquity products, Amplify. Mm. Um, the last one was 2019, the Amplify Alien. Right. And that's all the Amplify products are like mesh kits. So they're kind of like an Eero, Deco, mm-hmm. Orbi, any of those brands where it's 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 more you you plug it in, use your smartphone to set it up in a couple minutes, and then you just kind of forget about it. So they're, I think of like um, as appliances, you just plug it in, use it. Um, the Express is kind of, halfway in between what unified typically is which can be big and complicated and then it's it's almost trying to take unify and and replace what amplify is doing so because we haven't seen new hardware in four years and because the express kind of duplicates what it you know what amplify is for i i I don't see a bright future for amplify (laughs) but who knows? But also, it might be no, quite a clever business decision because with Amplify, there's, there's, if you want more, there's nowhere really to go with it. And then if, and then like uh, Jay mentioned earlier, Unify to, in comparison to those sort of systems look quite daunting. Whereas if you give someone quite an affordable thing like a Unify Express, it is very addictive. Uh, I've seen lots of things on on Twitter and stuff about, oh, you want to go more and more and more. And I've definitely experienced that myself, and I've seen the people saying the same thing. You give someone a Unify Express, they run into the wall of four devices after a few years. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to get UDM now. And then you, you like an iPhone and iMessage, you get a customer for life. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and what's cool is, like again, once uh, I move in with, with James, I'll bring my Express with me, and we'll just add it to the network. Yeah. yeah. Flex Mini's come over. Well, yeah, and that's... Yeah, yeah you can't do that with your Dream Radar, because no. that's... Um, this is the lowest end, cheapest... And but it's also in some ways the most flexible because you can't you couldn't repurpose your dream router no. as an access point, no, but you can point. repurpose the express. So it's kind of like the best starter kit. That's what I think of it as. And that was one of the things is like I didn't I don't want to buy things. I'm not trying to get into the weeds, but I don't want to buy things for my apartment that I was going to have to sell again. And when we saw that you can repurpose it for the for the the network was like sold. I mean, I have to admit that at, at some point my parents' deco M fives. 
they are Wi-Fi 5, at some point they will give up the ghost. And as much as I'm trying to convince my father that it's time to run some uh, <laughs> Ethernet cables through the house and put some U6 in walls in, that's falling on deaf ears. So I would... Uh, um, ATR, I'd, I'd be up for helping get them some Unified Expresses and we could then manage well, it. But <laughs> the thing is, that, that's the point. Probably the chances are that their three decos could actually turn into probably two Unified Expresses. Yeah. Pro- possibly. Um, yeah. But so we obviously very powerful for for a home user. Do you think they sit in a now? This is me thinking here, and I'd love you. You two have far more experience. I'm obviously no offense, Jay. I'm talking to Alex and, oh, and Evan here. No, you're good. Um, small business, like a small coffee shop or a small office. Do they? They seem to me to be at that price point for your cost conscious small business user. Yeah, I think so. Think coffee shop kind of thing, like local chain, local independent thing. They just want some guest Wi-Fi because I haven't got Unifex Express yet. I'm I'm sure it supports guest portal that sort of thing. But yeah, um, that for that price point, I've I've come across those kind of people. They're not too sure about spending a couple hundred quid on some networking gear because they're not entirely sure of what value it brings them and that sort of thing. So I, I for a coffee shop or like a barber's or something those like town kind of small shops and things uh, but they need some wi-fi maybe some guest wi-fi for things and then they haven't got an it department from a chain and yeah yeah you know you get what i mean um perfect for that sort of thing maybe small business maybe not not sure um might might be right for that sort of thing so home office certainly oh yeah yeah because yeah. i mean i as somebody who, who before we did for the client i also used to work for them as an employee and unify express would have been at least an idea for a budget in some regards and then we could have upgraded the network much easier right in that regard. but for, for them because it's such a vast space doing the ud uh, we did obviously udm pro let's let's move away from the, the unified express because i do want to quickly talk a little bit about the other the other two i'm gonna say i want to really focus on things that i i certainly have experienced because we could talk so much about the other parts but Unify Protect and Unify Talk, because Unify Talk's a bit of an interesting one for me and Alex, at least, because it's kind of launched. Has it actually gone ahead? Have we got Unify Talk now in the UK? Is it actually launched or has it been delayed again? No, no, it, it launched in beta. We talked, me and Evan talked about it on UI chat. It's, I'm not sure if it's GA yet. It might be. Um, might be still beta. There's a few features missing. There's a few um, phone, there's a, there's a few models missing. There's a, one model missing, I think. Um, it's, it's here in a limited capacity. So Unify Talk is another one of those things where I think Unify, it doesn't have all the features of a full, like, uh, is it free, free PB, a free... 3CX? No, 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 the one Chris Sherwood, free PBX, is it? Yep, that's the one, yep. Chris Sherwood's, mate, the one he loves um, doing. And, you know, something maybe more, you know, like a traditional, you know, like Avaya or uh, 3CX, I, I've had experience in, in uh, setting up and managing Avaya, and it definitely, I will say it's simpler in some regards. It doesn't have some of the advanced features of Avaya because there's some things you can do with Avaya. But I will say, relatively, it's I like how much more how much simpler it is than Avaya because Avaya was pretty hard sometimes to understand where to go to do this. And I couldn't access that from a web browser because you wanted it secured. So I had to log into a Certain server, download an app, do all this stuff, and I like with the, I like with Talk that you can do a lot of the routing through the cloud oh, console. Well, that's the question. And so, first of all, 
having it all on one easy-to-use platform, having it on a unified platform. But I think what I wanted to ask Evan and, and Alex about is that pricing for the subscription is ridiculously affordable. Was it $10 a month for a line? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was £7.99 in the UK. I, when I looked at that, that's XVAT. Right, um, okay. So it's actually £9.99 in the UK and $9.99 in the US. But yeah, that's compared to what I've seen before, that, that's so cheap. Really is. Well, Jay, can we, I mean, without, can we share roughly how much we're going to be saving our client when we oh, move Oh, absolutely. In? Because I, again, I, I, we, so um, this one client, um, one of the decisions that was made at one point was to go with a, a cloud-based BBX system to not have to like run an additional server and stuff like that. But that's, that server uh, over time instantly, it went up. The costs the, went up. You were paying for each internal phone line as well. Now, there is a yeah, caveat to this, which we'll come to. But roughly, if our maths is right, we've saved them somewhere in the region of 250 to $300 a month wow. um, yeah. by going to Unified Talk. Now, there is a caveat, Alex, isn't there, which is that if you want the cheaper prices on the hardware, you ha- for the lot- subscription locked phones, you have to have a Unified subscription for each locked device. Yes, they they they've got hardware um, which are basically identical. They're just locked to either a subscription or not. Um, and what that essentially means is that if you've got a locked device, it's quite a bit cheaper than an unlocked mm. device, um, and you have to use it with a Unified Talk subscription, as you said. Um, and what that means is one number per phone. Yeah. Um, which in some small businesses, that's that okay. Really, yeah. Yeah. It, it, some some small businesses that wouldn't really work. Because they either have a group, they have groups, ring groups, and mm-hmm. shared numbers and that sort of thing. So um, they have an unlocked version as well, which you can either choose to use with an, a third-party SIP provider with Unified Talk, which is quite a nice feature of Unified Talk, to be honest. And also, you can have ring groups and you can share one number with ten different people if you want to. So and have it root in different ways. So yeah. Now, the, and then of course we've got the ATA, which is definitely is unlocked. Because, uh, yeah, the ATA, because one of our clients, future clients, still needs fax machines. The ATA allows you to use a fax machine. Yes, I know. <laughs> a fax machine with uh, that. But, Evan, have you done much with Unified Talk at this point? No, I was going to say, I, I'll let Alex handle all the Unified Talk <laughs> questions. Um, I, I have a bit of experience. Uh, just, yeah, I'm, I'm a network engineer, so I'm I'm much more wireless switching, routing. Um, I, I've played around with Unified Talk and I've, I've unfortunately been responsible for PBX before, so I can talk to how terrible and complicated and awful they are. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, Unified Talk, it, to me, it's, um, I mean, it's what Ubiquity tries to do with all their Unified products. It's make it simpler, make it cheaper, make it easy to use. You don't get 100% of every feature, um, but for the general small business or, you know, home use or whatever, uh, it's usually... Yeah, a better option. Is I'm, I'm impressed with phones are nice, um, to, in my opinion. I'd like to... Again, the only thing I think is missing right now, and certainly for our clients' uses, is a soft phone. I, w- I will say I agree with something that, that, uh, that Alex, you and Evan say on UiChat is that it is a hobby project. It is still a... Because there is definitely a... You have to ask yourself, are you okay with some of the things that are not there yet? It is definitely... It's definitely in its infancy in a lot of ways, but I'm still impressed. There are things like, like in the United States, it can, you can verify your number. It can do the, I think it's salt shaker. I'm trying to remember what the protocol shake is in the stir, States. I think shake and stir. Or, yeah. yeah, shake and stir. Yeah. And it has stuff for that. You even have um, SMS capability, which mm-hmm. is pretty 
dang cool in that regard. Yeah, no, we, we talked about on the show before. Like the, the Ubiquiti I remember is from like 2014, uh, 2016, 2017, that weird era as we look back on it. As they had a lot of stuff coming out at the time and they gave up on things and they didn't communicate very well. And well, they didn't communicate very well in certain things, but they communicated, they communicated quite a lot in other aspects on the forums. Um, they've definitely scaled back in terms of some of that communication recently and it's a bit more opaque. But the benefit of whatever's happened at the company uh, is the fact that certain things they're bringing out now are staying, they're sticking with it. Um, yes, some things may take longer to launch. The UXG Pro was one of those things that took ages to, to get anywhere um, and it finally launched um, after, after two years, I think, on the EA store. So they are at least following through with some things and what I mean by that is Unify VoIP was the the precursor to Unify Talk um, and that disappeared essentially um, and these these phones I'm pointing down there because I've got some phones in boxes still um, <laughs> uh, the, those new phones are essentially the same hardware as the older ones but with upgraded internals and I've seen posted on the forums and somewhere else I think on Reddit maybe that they've got a new line of phones they're working on which is really good to see um, so yeah, as as Jay mentioned, there's there's a lot of features that it may not have. But personally, I've never used a PBX before, and the first few minutes of looking around the around the software, like surprised how easy it was to look at how to set certain things up. Um, the transcript thing works really well. The the way you organize calls and do round robins and different things and set up extensions and it's it's very nice and easy to get going. Um, and and I've got a lot of faith. I think in a year or two down the line, there'll be hopefully sort of um making some other vendors a bit scared so absolutely yeah. and on those phones by the way uh you can um access different apps and one of the apps you can access on there is protect that's right and i think that's a good segue into one of the other things on like it. the unify ecosystem yeah ecosystem could, is protect could, could um, i could just interrupt uh, we could talk about every other unify app we could talk about access uh, inner space identity connect but i I don't think we're going to. I think what we'll do is focus on the last things we'll talk about, and then we'll come back to general sort of how we think Unify are doing, Jay, if that's all right. Let's, Absolutely. Let's, as you said, let's talk protect, because, our, again, our last install was a was a big Unify. Well, I say big. How many cameras? Nine cameras, Jay. Nine cameras, yeah. Well, and I, and I, and I have an experience with using Security Spy. I have experience with using a third-party cloud system and even ring cameras. So... I so for protect. What's cool about protect is it runs on a on a Unify hardware and and it runs locally. You can access it from the cloud, mm-hmm. um, and you can and the 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 data is saved to the hard drive of of the device, right? Or hard drives. That, hard drives. If you've got if you've got it, because so sorry, Jay. What's really cool is Unified Protect, they seem to have done quite a good job at offering solutions to scale. So Jay's right, it's all local storage. But So you can run it on the Cloud Key Gen 2 Plus, the UDR with a SD card, but I think it's only a couple of cameras on the UDR. It's like, yeah, it's not many. Uh, the UDM uh, uh, Pro and Pro SE, which have got... Uh, ooh, does, it be, does a Pro SE have internal SSD? I think it the- does. Pro, the the UDM SE yeah has a hundred and twenty eight gig SSD which you can use to do some protect stuff, but um, how long that's going to last? <laughs> if you've got to come with a couple of cameras, I don't know. So. No, but you can put a drive in. Can you put a can you put a three and a half inch drive into a dream wall? Um, I think you can put no. 
No, okay. No. No. So that is so you would want but then you've got the UNVR and is it the UNVR Pro which have um raid style Yeah, the the Yeah, they have the the UNVR which has four bays and then the Pro I think has seven bays. They both do raid and it, it's kinda uh, just throw the drives in; it'll it'll take care of it. Kind of raid, which is exactly what you want. You don't want to be configuring, having to worry about the storage. Just put the drives in, let it ha- happen. But as Jay said, the, the prime example of this store, right? Jay, they were using cloud cameras. Well, actually, not very. Was it security spy? Two, two different systems, yeah. um, and I'll explain. Go for it. The first one they were using was a security spy hosted on a Mac Mini, which was always, my in my opinion, I hated it because of how slow it was to access mm-hmm. the data, how often the things would, would mess up or updating stuff. Again, no offense to security spy. I just did not, I didn't, it was the best thing I had at the time, but it was not, I did not love it. Then we moved to a proprietary cloud-based system on the security system. Again, not saying, not naming anything that I don't want to, no. but, and then, um, but then that was limited. It didn't have real time recording unless you bought a, video system for the you for the, you for, had to buy the, a subscription for video recording didn't you? you could do and you also had to buy some hardware which we did test out that hardware oh. I, I used to be part of a beta test of the of the hardware there okay but um that one was at least that one at least when you access the cameras it was a lot right faster and then i've also utilized ring at uh, t- two other locations for, for different things actually three I've, I've utilized ring at four different locations and um, ring is entirely cloud-based again and it's also and, and the the other thing about Ring, I'm um, just a privacy thing. Amazon at any at any point can hand over Ring data to law enforcement, even if it's because if they know that in the United States there was a driveway that was recording a street, mm-hmm. and Ring was able to get law enforcement to hand over someone else's uh, video. Other way around, about law this. enforcement was able to get Ring to hand over, and and the person who owned that camera never, never had. Knew wasn't able to stop it because of the fact that Ring owned that data. So someone else used so but anyway, the reason I say that is because with this, your data is is stored on premises. And what's what was fascinating by it was how it felt so native and fast using the compression stuff. When I'm accessing the the cameras at this location, it felt like it was hosted in the cloud. I didn't see like the waiting and waiting and waiting to start it was incredibly fast so let's yeah so alex and, and evan i mean i'd look what are your takes on because this is the second video product right what was it before you unify video no it's their third actually oh yeah okay Ooh. wow all right yep. yeah go on so there's um they had very in the early days i can't remember exactly what year it was but they had something called air cam so they love that Air Max, Air right. I remember yeah, that fiber one. sort of thing. So they've got Air Cam. Um, and those are sen- that's essentially the first generation of Unified cameras. And those are the only generation of cameras that don't work currently with Unified Protect. Because um, we go back to generation two. You can actually use those cameras onwards um, with Unified Protect currently. So you've got Air Cam, which had a very dark GUI, very similar to Unify Network at the time. Uh, that that got discontinued, and I'm not sure how much space there was in between Unify Video and Aircam, but we got Unify Video, which was able to be hosted in the cloud and hostify in the early days. Riley did Unify Video hosting um, right. for a period of time, which is quite cool. But then that got uh, yeah, we had two generations of cameras with that one. I think we had G3 briefly, and then also G2, 
which is what we call um yeah they're just g2 now um and then in 2019 i think or the 2018 the end of end of one of those years we had unified protect um which was yeah uh robert at the time robert Perry was more active on the community and i remember i can find it somewhere uh, it's still live on the on the website but he said uh, at some point self-hosting will come down the line but that never happened and we're like four years down the line and that's never happened um and it was supposed to be launched on the unify server the xg server also the original uh nvr the little black nvr um uh, that was supposed to have it as well but it never happened um but yeah uh i like i like the fact that you can go all the way back to g2 um there's old cameras which i've got one in the cupboard somewhere which i did test out <laughs> um it yeah uh, unify protect seems a really good well now anyway it seems a really really good stable product it's got machine now is it on device ai or is it cloud ai for the detections it's actually on on camera ai wow so all of that ai detection that are g5 bullets and that's on camera yep which i like from a a security and privacy standpoint especially in the united states we have a pretty tenuous relationship with the Police uh, with the law enforcement. There's a yeah. whole whole stuff there. We, we could, that, could, that could be, but, but but again, as with probably the switches, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's no. Actually, I'd say the camera lineup needs to be fairly flexible. Mm. I mean, first of all, it is very impressive the, the configuration options. So we've got a, this this client setup, and they will not mind to say this. So nine cameras. It was going to be a six camera system, and literally. Was it the day of deployment, Jay? Yeah, it, the no, day it was of deployment. The, yeah, well, no, it was the day of our of our of our um, first site where we were going over the final plans and and starting starting stuff. But we were deploying the next day. But yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah. Day. This, well, the, so no, it was the Friday before the Monday of going on site. The client said, "Actually, um, want more coverage because we were using Unified Design Center, which is nothing we can quickly mention to show her where the projected coverage was." Now nah, I want more. So literally on the first day on site, our installer Zach had to go to Micro Center because we didn't have time to get the cameras shipped from Uni- Ubiquity um, to pick up uh, what I think, yeah, three more bullets, three yep, more G five bullets, more, two more cameras, yeah. yeah. So. But the camera lineup, now, I guess the disadvantage of Protect, unlike, say, some like Synology Cloud Station, is you can only use ubiquity cameras. You can't use third parties, right? Yeah, they've got a bit of lock-in for a good reason, I think. Um, I think they got burnt with the Unify Video um, time of the product line. Um, right. I think their support team at the time was less flushed out than it is now. And I think there were lots of... Um, people running Unify Video on servers that may not have been capable of it, God, and then yeah. their support had to spend a lot of time troubleshooting that. So I think, I think for a good reason, they've kept it on their own hardware, they've kept their own cameras installed, and and also because of that on-device AI, the cameras that would, or well, the on-device motion detection, they it it just wouldn't happen otherwise. Got so, yeah. so let so what I mean very quickly without going into too much detail, Evan or Alex. Do we think they've got the cameras covered? Because there's a what's so there's the let's just if you talk one generation, you've got the let me get this right. You've got the flex. Is it the flex? Yeah, you got the uh, unified G three flex and G five flex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got the bullet. You've got the pro. You've got the AI. You've got the DSLR. Yeah. You've got the. I, I mean, 
me, if I had the budget, I would uh, for sites. AI Theta really interests me right now. Mm. Oh yeah, does it come? Yeah. And the one I I would love it is like the the doorbell. That one looks really nice for both the business and home use. Yeah, they just expanded the doorbell lineup. They've got uh, quite a few power options. They've got you can power it from the spade connectors. You can power it from USB C either with Ethernet over USB C, so data over USB C if you want to, or um, via PoE, which is really good. And they've just added some new color options to the doorbell as well. That's nice. I mean, we've got chimes. And it integrate is it is it now integrated into Unify Access as well? I don't believe the doorbell is, but Protect is. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah. She's oh wow, really and cool. Did you know that? Um, you probably knew this. You can stream the camera stuff to HDMI displays with with uh, their viewport app. Mm. Yeah, it's a little it's a little Peary powered dongle with a HDMI output. We use one of those here. Um, because the the nature of the setup we've got here, um, but yeah, it's very good. It's had a few stability issues, like the cameras have been laggy. I've had to restart it, but that's been fixed since. So, and, and again, what's cool is I like the integration on the fact that like you can access it inside of the phone, and you you were you both were mentioning it on UI chat that they've added um, access with uh, with um, UI access yep. where you can see the camera you can see like which ones are unlocked different things like that mm-hmm. and and have they added this yet can you unlock like a door from the doorbell camera i don't think i don't think integration between the doorbell and unifaxis has been fully done yet yeah if, if at all so because that is the thing that i've seen on especially on some um just some cloud-based security systems and i think ring has added that to their doorbells and lock system yeah so i think it was either in the last few years, there was there was a very long-standing product in EA called the Unify Door Lock. Um, essentially, what that was supposed to do is there's there's actually a fingerprint reader on the Unify doorbell. Um, it was mentioned once in a video, and then it, they've never mentioned it ever again. Okay. <laughs> um, and I, I'd imagine what the plan for that was, which was to have a consumer version of Unify Access, essentially, but in the form of a fingerprint reader on the doorbell and the door lock. That door lock has never appeared anywhere since, so I'm not sure what's happening with that. Um, so, yeah. I mean, look, we've got a good product line. I would, I mean, one thing we would, we certainly wanted to see and, and could not find a way to do without some clever, you know, server in the middle automation was a way to integrate into third-party alarm systems because our client uses a third-party alarm. And one of the things they, they had is we had them set to notify on motion, but only when they were in. But the problem is only when they were away but they were still getting notifications for the cleaners coming in because there's no way to say once the alarm building alarm has been disabled or, you know, as someone unauthorized uses in to stop notifying, there's no, as far as I'm aware, there's no way to do that. No, no. That would be really cool to see. Well, Hey, if you get unify access for your access control, then maybe two years from now, they'll integrate those and it'll all work. I mean, look, we are. Look, we would love to put Unify. I mean, I would honestly, there's a site, the next uh, client we're probably doing, I'd love to do Unify Access because Unify Access is, again, without getting too deep into access, Unify taking their sort of approach to simplification mm. to access control, right? Well, one of the things that I like about access, well, one thing that I like that, that Unify just recently added is the ability to add UI verify without having to have subscription because that, because in some, I know TLT. Oh, you mean TLT, um, you mean Unify Identity? 
No, no, there's not called mm-hmm. UI, yeah. UI, um, UI Verify. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Two different and, things. And yep. So Unify Verify is the, like the um, MFA or multi-factor authentication. So that's like you can log in to your Ubiquity account with that. That's UI Verify. Unify Identity is a separate identity management system. So it'd be like all your employees are listed out in that. Um, and you could do, you could provision their VPN through that. That is what just changed to become, it used to be only paid. Now they have a free, some limited, limited features. Yeah. Like with the, with the one click uh, connect and stuff like that. And why I like to verify is because I like TOTP and stuff like that, but it's in some regards getting some people to go to TOTP. At least you can do a install, verify, add it to your UI account. You at least have some form of MFA and, um, one last thing I, th- I wanted to bring up again, it's, it's circling back a little bit, but it's just really cool. The, the adding of like PPSK and stuff like that. That's oh, again, a- okay. Yeah. That's where, so P so P actually, I've got to say PPPSK is such a cool idea. Private pre-share keys. The idea is you can have one Wi-Fi SSD, but input a different password to join different networks. Right. And we've seen it on other devices, consumer grade. Um, I think plume Wi-Fi in the UK did that. Um, quite a bit. That was one of their selling points. Um, and I know Alter Labs are doing it. Now, they, theirs is a little bit more advanced, isn't it, than what Unify are currently offering on PPSK? Omada has it too. Oh, Omada has it too. Okay, cool. Which is TP yes. Links. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, private pre shared keys. It would be like, I think of it for like a hotel if, you, if you're trying to sell like tiers of internet subscription. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Something I, yeah, I know also labs is a pretty advanced and I, I think Omada, I haven't played around with it, but I think there's a little bit more unifies is fairly basic. I don't know exactly. I think you can tie it to a network. So like you could have a different password for a different network. I don't know if you can apply a speed limit to, or not. Uh, that's what like the no, more advanced you got. Uh, Cause I've tried that. No, you can't, but I would, um, I would imagine can you not apply the speed limit of the network level via traffic routing? You could do it that way, couldn't you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you can do it in other ways. Yeah. And and like one one thing I would love to see with, with change with, with PPSK is seeing like what devices which which key they're on because one issue is if you have things like people sharing password uh, passwords and like that. Like yeah, that's or, a problem. Or if I, I call a keychain, you have different devices, it can log log in there. But it's at least a good way to not have like a million different SSIDs because there's an SSID limit on certain devices. It's nice not to have that. It is really nice. I'm very much aware of time. So I think what would be good, let, let's start wrapping up. What I'd love to ask uh, Evan and Alex is, at the moment, do, do we think right now that Unify to me at least, as someone new to the ecosystem, they seem to be in a really good place right now, better than I've maybe seen them in the last couple of years. But I'd like I love your takes as more, you know, professional, and obviously as two guys who run a, ubiqui- a unified podcast. What, what's, what kind of, what, you know, people give a scorecard for companies. Like, I think, is it Six Colors do a scorecard for, for Apple? Where uh, and we'll start in reverse order. Evan, where do you think you? So, what do you think Ubiquiti's Unify lineup should score right now? If we're giving it a letter grade, yeah. I'd, um, knowing me, I'd, I'd spend two days writing a big long thing that has too many details. Um, on the spot, though, like it's it's hard to give it one grade. Um, 
I, I think this this year, 2023, has been really impressive in a lot of ways. Um, the new hardware, like the Unify Express that we talked about, um, the the new VPN options, they rolled out like WireGuard support. I think Teleport was this year, last year, PPSK, um, Site Magic, the new VLAN manager. Like they, they're really, in my mind, doing a lot of great work on the software side and on the like delivering features people actually want and can use. Um, so I, I, I try to, I mean, I'm definitely biased in the fact that I've been following this company for so long. I've, I have a website that's largely dedicated to them. You know, it's, it's been a lot of my personal and professional career to kind of follow this company and understand it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I trying to put the bias aside, I still think they're in the best, you know, they're the leader in this area for a reason. Um, TP-Link Omada is probably the closest relevant competitor. Aruba Instant Owen is, is kind of a little bit more limited. Alta Labs is starting out. Um, Cisco Meraki is there if you want to pay for a subscription. And there's other, you know, a variety of competitors all around. But nothing, no, nobody really does what they do, where they have it all together. Um, they have the most, you know, the, probably the largest community, which I think is a big part of it. Um, you know, a lot of people write and make videos about these products, a lot of people care about them. So there's, you know, a lot of effort going into it from the users and from the company. And I, I really think that they're in a good spot for, you know, upcoming year. Um, so yeah, I, I would say B, B plus if I have to give it a grade, I don't know. Um, I'm always going to find things to complain about. Um, me as a network engineer, I look, you know, I'm, I'm looking down and saying, oh, it can't do X, Y, Z. That's what a lot of people like to do is, you know, a lot of people complain about the Unify Express. Hey, it doesn't do... IDS IPS. Hey, it only has a single gigabit WAN port. Right. Um, it's very easy to find those limits, but I think when you look at what's there, I think no one does what they do better. I like that. It's also very bot. I also I'm somehow thinking of a spy who loved me, or no, the Wi-Fi who loved me. There you go. <laughs> so no, yeah. don't know. That is not the episode title of a Wi-Fi who loved me. No, that's oh, not. Oh come no. on, please. <laughs> no. No, no. Um, it's fitting. I like. I like, I like As communications director for Crossfires, I'm going to put feet my feet foot down. Feet and okay, find it. You'll be the Wi-Fi. You love me. Okay. Uh, thank you, Evan. And uh, obviously, folks, we'll make sure we do closing plugs. But as Evan said, he could sit down and write two pages detailed analysis. Go and check out his reviews on this stuff. It's really impressive um, because I find myself reading them. Like even before genuinely, ever, even before I knew of UI chat, I've read your unified reviews when I was looking at access points for, for a previous job. So thank you for those. Alex, you've obviously got a bit of an interesting hat because of course you work for Hostify. Yeah. So you've kind of got a bit of a, well, I, you want them to keep releasing stuff that can be added to Hostify, right? So, how are you feeling, like both as a non-Hostify employee and as a Hostify employee? Well, like like Evan as well, I, I agree with pretty much well everything he said, to be honest, um, about the score and, and what they've done in the last year. But me and Evan have a very similar background as well. We both worked at Hostify at one point, and we, and we also used to work at a WISP as well. So we're, got, we're, got, we're very similar in that aspect. Because I've, I've been working with Ubiquiti for such a long time, maybe it's almost, almost 10 years now, um, just aware of what they do, uh, I've got sort of a, um, yeah, I've got a bit more of. There's obviously a lot more history than that's gone in recently with Unify. There's obviously all the Air Max stuff, all the Air Fiber stuff they've done, all the Wisp bits and pieces. So, um, I think lately they've focused on Unify a bit more than 
than anything else, which is a really sensible business business decision because the market has probably saturated for Wisp stuff. Um, the people are going to be ripping out stuff not very often anymore um, and replacing it. And potentially the Wisp market is going down a little bit because fiber saturation is more up. But um, I think I think it's in terms of Unified, I, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's good that they're not giving up on stuff. As I mentioned earlier, the, there's aspects of their history where they just drop things for no reason. Um, I've, I'll mention the, um, the UI Glenn on the forums. He's very helpful um, in terms of getting people the support they need. And I've used him once or twice to certain like support um, queries and they've got back to me very quickly. So that that's kind of things improved. And um, the fact they're doing pay support is good for certain types of people. But as ever mentioned with Unify Express, I think with anything, like anything you find in day-to-day life, I think people just find a, a reason to whinge about it. People like to complain. It is, yeah. a, it is a given, especially yeah. in the tech circles, right? We, we just like to complain about stuff. Oh, yeah. And like, again, the, the Express, what, what excites me the most, again, not fangirling, is how much it reminds me of the Airport Express and the Airport yep. Extremes oh, and yeah. all that. And like, I deployed that at a, at a few locations because it was the easiest. I know it wasn't the best. But I hey, it worked, and you know, hey, the one thing Unify could add to the Express, give it an audio output and support. Um, wait, sorry, they would make it. They get, they get hammered if they did that. But Abba, like, what have you done? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we've talked so much. Um, I, as as someone who's relatively new to Uni- Unify, I'm really enjoying not having to learn a command line. Now, the final question I want to ask you both before we wrap up: certifications for Unify. Because you, you hear so much about, oh, if you want this role, you must have your Cisco CCNA or equivalent. There are Unify certificates. Is it a U, U, Unify, Unify Wireless Engineer? Is that the... Something along those lines. You can yeah. get a certification for the Unify stuff. You can get one for Air Max as well. Um, I did one ages ago um, for that thing. So, And so the question then is, is it as valuable to have as, a C, as something like a CCNA? I mean... I don't. I don't. Do either of you hold your CCNAs out of interest? No, no. My CCNA is slightly expired. With those Unify certs, um, I, I haven't taken one, so I can't say for sure. I, I think the value of a CCNA is Cisco's name and and what that communicates to your employer. It's like, hey, I have got you know, I I know these things, right? Um, so. Uh, I would say unless there's like unless it's like a passion of yours and you just want to learn more about um, or your company is is very heavy into ubiquity products and there's a reason for you to do that training, um, I'm I'm sure they're they're valuable for for certain people, but I, I don't think it's going to be like a whoa look at this resume he's got a ubiquity certification, um, but they definitely do have their use if it's you know relevant to you. And there's plenty of amazing resources. I mean, you know, obviously from from yourselves of course from you know we could we could spend half you know another half an hour just listing ubiquity unified creators i mean i I think it's fair to just give a quick shout out to obviously to cody and to chris who do fantastic Uh, and of course willie we probably should given he was did co-host um ui chat with you for a little bit we should probably shout and willie's videos are great as well yeah Yeah. what i also love is again it's one of those things where uh, i think we've with tech podcast or at least in our sort of field of tech podcasting and maybe particularly in the unified space there doesn't seem to be this rivalry like 
you can have a really good conversation with Tom Lawrence or with Cody without feeling that you're stepping on each other's toes in content, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because everyone's take is a little bit different. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, and not just them. Like I, I was just going to say real quick because we haven't gone long enough. That's, go for it, go for it. <laughs> I was going to say that that also extends to the user community because I've been um, – they have the community forums. I'm pretty active in the Ubiquity subreddit. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of really great people that write and make videos about Ubiquity, but there's also a lot of great users that are there to help you because – either they are confused just like you are, or at least they've gone through it and can answer those questions. The Discord's well, great. The unified Discord's yeah, so good. Because on too, the Discord, yeah. we had an issue with one of our things, and we went to somebody on the Discord, and they helped us troubleshoot things oh, yeah. they had the I, exact same scenario. G- genuinely, this guy, uh, gentleman, I've forgotten his I do apologize, I forgot his name, was having problems figuring out how to do call transfers. Yeah, that's it. Call transfers on Unified Talk on the ATA, because it's not documented. Yeah, you're not going to find documentation no, for no. just about anything. And in the end, we figured it out. And I actually was like, oh, yeah, we finally figured it out now um, because we all came together. I think, Alex, I told you I think we, I told you how to do it. And then, yeah, so there we go. We're all learning. All right. Um, any f- – uh, I will wrap up because as, as – as, um, excuse me. As Evan said, we've been going quite long enough. Well, and, 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 I, and I think we need to wrap up because our uh, the voucher for our guest portal is uh, uh, expiring. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Actually, final thought, Unify's guest portal, I do love how easy it is to, de- to do a really cheesy design. I love how simple it is. I love how it integrates into stuff. Um, I, I'm really impressed with that. And um, Can I mention? Yeah, go on. How I did not at uh, my church, I did not realize they were running on Unify. I I had been working in their in their sound booth since May, and I did not realize that there was a Unify access right point in front right of me. The best bit though <laughs> is when Jay went into Wi-Fi Man to do a speed test because they put the staff network. They hadn't put the staff network onto its own VLAN. She discovered all of the unified devices. I know of all the all the UI devices, and there's so many amazing things. It's great. Anyway, <laughs> wrapping up. Any final thoughts from uh, from Evan or from uh, Alex? I think uh, thanks to Jay and James for having us on the show. It's been good to talk about all the stuff. Um, and yeah, check out UI Chat for other bits and pieces. But yeah, thank you, thank you both for having us on the show. Oh, oh absolute pleasure. It's been a great discussion. Um, Alex, obviously, people know where to find you for most stuff. So, the interface.uk for your tech content. UI chat is is on the interface website, I assume, and in Apple Podcasts. Yeah, if you go to the interface.uk forward slash podcasts, you'll get a list of all the shows that um, I I and we do. Um, and they're on vi- they're in video. If you want to look at our faces for an hour and a half for some reason, yeah. you can do that. That's why we don't record <laughs> video. No one wants to see my face ready longer than about five minutes. Um, I do. Oh, thanks, Jay. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Um, Evan, what about yourself? Obviously, is it, um, was it Evan? Uh, I'm going to get your website wrong. So you tell us where can people find your your amazing analysis of unif- analysis analysis your amazing you articles about unified gear. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, I do own McCantech.net. I that just redirects. Um, so my website is EvanMcCann.net. It's a little bit clumsy, but that's just my name. Um, also, if you just search Unify, and you, you might find me that way. Um, but yeah, thank you for having us on and, um, we'll be on UI chat here soon to talk about latest news and I'll be reviewing the express here soon, hopefully as well. So is, is there a little bit of jealousy between you two that Evan's got the express first? No, not really. No, no. Alex is saying that no, with an I, absolute straight face. I, 
I mean, I'm definitely jealous, but that I'm going to have one when I get home. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not because I'm quite happy with my UDR. Um, for at least for now, I'm going to I'm going to go and turn off. Um, I want to see if I can get full gigabit. I'm that sad of a nerd, of a speed freak that I want to see if I get full <laughs> gigabit. Anyway, with that, Jay, thank you so much for your contributions and for being willing to spend our money and buy Unify gear. Absolutely. Hey, it's 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 fun. It's it's fun having access to all these things and seeing all these all these uh systems it's fun when i will say as as evan said it can get addictive and when you see all of the devices starting to pop up mm-hmm. inside of your unify mm-hmm. app it's it's a lot of fun oh it was so much fun see as we were doing that last job seeing everything start to add to the unify apple like new device ready to deploy new device ready to deploy like yeah uh yep. to adopt and rather sorry topology there are there are, there are some networks that would love to see in their topology reports because it's so cool to see like, the millions of devices oh, they have. Yeah. and <laughs> yep. with that jay drooling about other people's networks we will send wrap out and go to the intro my network is bigger than yours <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Cross Wires. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and we'd love to hear your thoughts. So please drop us a note over to podcast at crosswires.net. Why not come and join our Discord community over at crosswires.net forward slash Discord. We've got lots of text channels, we've even got voice channels, and we've got forum posts for every episode that we put out there. If you're a Mastodon, you can also follow us either by heading over to wires.social or just follow crossed at wires.social. If you'd like to check out more of our content, head on over to crosswires.net slash YouTube for all our videos and keep an eye on our Twitch channel at crosswires.net slash live for our upcoming streams. If you like what you heard, please do drop a review in your podcast directory of choice. It really does help spread the word about the show. And of course, if you can spare even the smallest amount of financial support, we'd be incredibly grateful. And you can support us at ko-fi.com slash crossed wires that is ko-fi.com slash crossed wires until next time thanks for listening